This episode of the MedTalk podcast is brought to you by Wilmington Healthcare. Wilmington Healthcare helps customers turn high-quality healthcare data into meaningful intelligence that supports their business objectives and the improvement of healthcare. Wilmington Healthcare's trusted, in-depth and compliant data, backed up by world-class delivery platforms and unrivaled UK healthcare expertise, enables NHS supplier organisations to achieve sustainable outcomes and improve competitive advantage. Visit www.wilmingtonhealthcare.com or contact them directly at info at wilmingtonhealthcare.com for more information. Hello and welcome to this episode of the MedTalk podcast, discussing the latest news and issues in life sciences. I'm Ian Bolland, Acting Group Editor of MedTech Innovation and Medical Plastics News. Today I am joined by Dr. Simon Wallace, Chief Clinical Information Officer at Nuance Communications. We discuss the administrative burden on clinical staff, including the effects of the pandemic, and how voice recognition technology could be a tool to help both patients and clinicians as the health service tackles record waiting times. First of all, Simon, thank you very much for for joining us on this episode of the MedTalk podcast. Um, first of all, I know you, but our audience might not. So if uh, if you could just give a brief introduction of yourself and nuance. Yeah, sure. Um, my, my name is uh, Simon Wallace, and I'm the uh, CCIO for Nuance Communications. Um, I've got a background in hospital medicine, general practice and public health. Uh, and I've been in the um, digital health arena for the last 15 years or so. Um, I work for Nuance, they're a global organization and they provide AI-based voice technology solutions for both enterprise and healthcare um, organizations. Um, On the healthcare side, um, what does that mean? Nuance supports healthcare professionals, deal with the challenges of clinical documentation and excessive amounts um, of administration. Um, And some of your listeners may well be aware that last year, um, Nuance, uh, there was an announcement made that Nuance was being acquired by Microsoft and the necessary um, due diligence processes um, uh, are coming to completion. Um, And the combined knowledge and expertise of our two organizations really does set the scene um, for some very exciting advances in AI-based speech recognition solutions uh, going, going forward. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll come on to the technology a little bit later on, but I think it's it's probably a good place to start on on probably the contemporary issue of the day because you know the last time we spoke it was pre-pandemic, yeah. and you and you were a big advocate of uh, how can I put this using technology to alleviate pressures on staff, and then it's become even more of an issue now. But I think it's it, it's it's fair to say that this uh, you you you've you found that hospital staff or any clinical staff have been under a lot of pressure for a while and they needed technology to assist you? Yeah, well, I tell you, um, the NHS has been pushed beyond its limits over the last couple of years and done a sterling job. Uh, Services, as you say, were already overstretched, underfunded, um, and they've encountered unimaginable levels of strain, you know, due to the um, pandemic. Um, and it's the it's those individuals at the heart of the NHS who are really feeling this pressure uh, most. And they have been and they continue to be required to treat an influx of COVID-19 cases 
support a nationwide vaccination program while at the same time delivering other life-saving treatments, care that are just going on in the uh, background. And I guess, you know, this increased workload has just increased the levels of stress and burnout that they were already um, uh, under. And so the pandemic sort of uh, has accentuated that. In fact, um, Nuance recently worked with HIMSS and we did a survey of uh, 400 plus um, doctors in 10 different countries. Um, uh, and the uh, our goal was to try and better understand what was pushing them to their limits and the solutions that they would like to see. And the headlines uh, were really quite uh, um, stark. And while causes and levels may differ, uh, clinician burnout is a, is pretty much a universal uh, experience. And, and just, a, just a couple of numbers, really, which are quite daunting. 98% of those participated uh, said they had experienced feelings of burnout. And when asked about the impact of COVID on exhaustion or, or overload, 88%, you know, nearly 9 out of 10 respondents agreed that it had exacerbated the issue. And key factors contributing it were, were several fold, long hours inevitably, the sheer heavy workload, and really importantly for our topic today, the excessive um, administrative uh, ch chores that clinicians are need needing to deal with in their day-to-day -day activity. So I think in summary to your question, burnout's a big, big problem in the healthcare industry as a whole, uh, and one that we just simply cannot um, ignore. I think um, it's probably fair in saying that the solution that you offer in terms of relieving the administrative burden, that would have to be for one part of an overall package to address this problem. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And and your, your point about technology is really uh, important. I, I think it has a big role to play in easing uh, the pressure that the pandemic has, has brought throughout the uh, sector. But for technology as a whole, um, it, it, it has to be useful. It needs to be adopted for the, the right reasons and not just uh, for technology's sake. Because what, what we don't want to do is uh, increase that pressure because the technology is not doing the, the job it should be. And I guess there are one or two sort of pointers that uh, should be baseline um, uh, metrics for uh, the usefulness of a, a technology. You know, it needs to be simple and intuitive to use. It certainly should be faster than present processes and at a minimum, minimum, not add uh, extra time. Um, and it needs to be dim uh, nimble. Medicine, healthcare is changing and becoming more complex. So that technology needs to adapt, adapt to those 21st century uh, medicine uh, issues. And it needs to automate that, that's the, one of the key things about uh, AI and everything that's been brought to the table. Um, and it must, but it must do that um, uh, safely. Um, and, you know, from my perspective and uh, what we do, it needs to remove those unnecessary admin uh, and process steps that uh, gets in the way of clinicians just spending time um, with patients. And I guess, finally, it must do it without um, adding um, clinical uh, risk, because um, that's really, really important. I think you, th th there's one thing about manpower, Ian, actually, which is has become really challenging. You know, we see in the headlines about mandating vaccinations and how that's going to challenge 
uh, the manpower side of things. But this manpower problem has been here way before COVID, and it's something that politicians have not been addressing. Um, I looked at some figures um, just recently, and at the beginning of 2022, for both the NHS and social care, uh, they each have 100,000 unfilled um, vacancies. So coming back to the technology, uh, and can it support the existing workforce? Yes, it must and it can, but it needs to be done in a way that's going to empower healthcare professionals and not add to um, the burnout, the stress and the strain that's already there. I think um, uh, we've established that technology isn't a silver bullet, but it is one very effective, one potentially very effective tool in, in the armory that can be used to to bring down waiting lists to help, you know, to help relieve the, the pressure on clinicians. Um, you, you were saying about uh, politicians haven't addressed the work the workforce challenges even way beyond COVID. This is now a uh, a hot topic when it in the political arena as as well. I mean, I think we're seeing increasing pressure from from the opposition towards the government that this this was a problem that uh, that was exacerbated by underfunded and understaffing beforehand. Yeah, no, the um, everyone's been waiting for a workforce plan to come out of um, uh, the NHS for the NHS, um, and and it's difficult. You know, there is just a shortage not 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 just in the UK, but in in a number of countries, there are shortage of healthcare um, professionals, um, and it's something that is trying to be addressed with training, nurses, doctors, midwives, uh, and other allied health professionals. But it's, it's just a chronic problem that, unfortunately, COVID has only um, uh, exacerbated. And this is why it's important that these um, technologies uh, can try and chip away at uh, a really big problem that the NHS is facing. If you could put a metric on what your technology does, say, for example, in a, in a consultation, can you highlight the effect that it has in terms of giving... Uh, giving the clinician more time with the patient or indeed saving them time in the light of the pandemic because the chances are they're probably not able to you know spend any longer on appointments but if that technology is there they can have a more effective consultation yeah no it's a really good point so what speech recognition is is trying to um address is the real uh burden of uh the documentation um process um, and I think um, Professor Cecil Chantler, uh, way back in 1998, but he came up with this very uh, poignant uh, quote that medicine used to be simple, ineffective and relatively safe. Now it is complex, effective uh, and potentially dangerous. And over the last 15 to 20 years, healthcare has become much more complex. And when healthcare becomes complex and medicine becomes more challenging, you need to have improved documentation of what has happened um, to address that complexity. And that's just been accentuated over the last couple of years with COVID because who would have guessed um, uh, without recording the details of patient symptoms that um, uh, symptoms like loss of smell or taste would actually be part of a really important set of symptoms uh, that a patient that would help diagnose a patient with uh, COVID, and you'd only get this if the clinicians um, were were documenting all these things accurately. So 
documenting is used to be handwriting. It's now moved to, to typing in electronic patient records. But there's a need for that to be faster and to more, be more efficient. Um, and speech recognition does just that. You know, we speak um, three times faster than we um, actually type. Um, and the, the, the AI engines um, and the uh, deep learning that now goes um, into the algorithms that are used for speech recognition are, are now at a standard, um, what I call in, in industrial strength, but they're now at a level where the accuracy is really, really good. Um, and so clinicians can now confidently um, use speech recognition, knowing that what he or she speaks will be um, represented accurately um, uh, within the uh, healthcare record that uh, they're actually um, using. And I think that's really, really important. The, the other thing we've found is that as well as speeding up the, um, the time that's taken, to create their notes. The quality, the content of the note is, is fuller, is richer, because instead of cutting corners when you're typing because you're really trying to save time, the flow of the conversation um, or the reporting that they're doing is more natural. And therefore, um, the content of the clinical note is of a, higher, of a higher quality and richer uh, in its elements. One thing I'd like to touch upon actually is uh, we've seen a lot of stories, certainly on, on my on my publication, of um, lots of new new technological adoption as a result of COVID. Uh, there's a couple of points I'd like to address in terms of, given that remote consultations seem to have become a bigger factor. The, when I uh, when I was at the uh, the event that you hosted in Berlin a couple of years back, the, the setting I saw it in was as if it was in a clinical setting. So how can your technology adapt to them to more remote consultations and yeah. secondly how has there been a a greater appetite from health services to to have your your technology at their disposal as a result of covid yeah so so, so what, what one thing covid has done um it has fast tracked um uh the concept of remote consultations uh, and by that, um, remote consultations can be a mix of increased uh, telephone consultations, um, video conferencing um, consultations. And that um, has certainly um, uh, gone up. Um, in fact, uh, the, some of the research that uh, Nuance has done that I was referring um, to earlier uh, showed that pre-pandemic, um, something like less than half, about 47% of UK patients would choose to rely solely on face-to-face -face appointments. Um, now, pre-pandemic, that number was 64%. So um, almost a fifth of patients are turning away from that inpatient, in-person um, uh, consultation. And so the, the concept of uh, a telehealth remote consultation is certainly going to be um, uh, more common. And it's certainly going to play a role in trying to reduce the waiting times um, for patients to see, for example, specialists in the hospital setting. Can this technology help? Yes. I I've described the use of um, uh, speech uh, as a way to speed up uh, the documentation. The other piece of the jigsaw is having that speech in the cloud. 
so that clinicians can then um, work more remotely and not be dependent on being on, in one location uh, with uh, the software on a particular um, um, machine, whatever that might be. So the ability now to have um, speech recognition hosted in the cloud uh, has been a game changer because it now allows the clinician much, much more freedom to take his or her single voice profile, which is particular to them, and that contributes um, to the accuracy, to the convenience of using this technology so that they could be, yes, in a clinic setting. They um, could be in another hospital. They could also, of course, um, be at home. Uh, and all of this is, is, uh, needs to be predicated on a secure, safe um, network. Um, and uh, our technology goes over the Microsoft uh, Azure um, cloud. Uh, and both of, our, both of our sort of technologies has gone through the rigorous hoops um, of meeting all the data protection, security um, requirements that uh, are so much required these days. There was a, a little note that I wrote before our conversation. Excuse me. After a, after I was um, sub-editing a piece that's going in our magazine, the digital health uh, section, and it was about AI tackling the the backlogs. And it was just one thing to uh, to recognise that techno- technology that helps uh, technology that helps clinicians can ultimately help patients and vice versa. And I think it's that's an important point to emphasise. Yeah, no, 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 very much so. I think AI is a very broad term, um, and you you get AI supporting clinicians um, in the um, in, in the diagnostics uh, sense. You know, looking for normal, abnormal um, scans or whatever. Um, the AI within speech recognition is the uh, deep learning, the um, algorithms that have gone into um, translating um, the voice into um, in, into um, words um, on a page. But it's much, much more than that because what, what, once you have speech as um, that foundation um, and you have that um, AI engine as that uh, foundation, you can then build on a number of other AI speech solutions using natural language processing. Um, we, we call that clinical language understanding um, uh, at Nuance. Um, but essentially what it's doing, it's, it, it's a tool that's scanning um, the, the, the words, if you like, that was, is within um, uh, an EPR. Uh, and it's allowing a number of um, uh, functions to take place. For example, I might find clinical terms which I want to SNOMED code. Um, and the tool can allow the um, clinician to actually SNOMED um, uh, a clinical term as part of the documentation process. It's not adding to the burden of having to go through that, but allowing from the narrative a clinical term to be found and for that then um, to uh, be given uh, a SNOMED code. And then you can go further. You can get into... um, what we call virtual assistant, which is navigating um, around the um, electronic patient record. Electronic patient records are really important, but they have added time because of the clicks that are required to navigate around. But if you can use your voice to take those clicks away, 
you know, show me the latest CT scan or show me the latest um, blood results. Um, and what would have been done in five or six seconds can be done in one second. You're shaving off um, time, which can be given back for the clinician to one, reduce that stress, hassle and frustration, but to actually spend more time, um, you know, with their, with their patients. And then ultimately, um, is what we call um, ambient clinical intelligence, where the actual desktop goes out of the room and the clinician and the patient um, are, are having a, a face-to-face conversation where um, the conversation is um, diarized completely, but between both the patient um, and, the, um, uh, and, 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 the, and the clinician. Um, voice biometrics have been used as the password for the for the clinician to get into the electronic patient record. My voice is my password. Um, and then the natural language processing is going through that whole conversation and picking out the key parts and automatically turning it into a codified structured note. Um, and you know, this is available and being used um, uh, in a, a large number of organizations in the US at the moment. And, and that's the really exciting bit where AI and speech uh, is going to come to its fore. You, you, you talked about the the exciting elements of the, of the technology. And uh, forgive me for asking the uh, the skeptics question here, in terms of uh, can I ask about a it's a it's safeguards and b what happens if it breaks? Right. Well, <laughs> from the from the safeguards um, perspective, if you're talking about the accuracy um, side of things um, the, 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 the I was saying earlier the speech engine um, using the deep learning um, and using the AI is is now um, really really robust uh, and accurate um, I think in years gone by and if any of your listeners have been using um, speech you know five six seven years ago um, you know there would have been words that um, would need um, some correction or adaption. Um, the that that happens infrequently um, now, and I think the experience I've seen from clinicians using it is that they're pleasantly surprised on how um, accurate it, it is. So, so I think that concern um, has um, has has been addressed, and I think uh, uh, I think I'd probably say there's nothing like. Um, Simply experiencing it to then uh, gain that um, gain 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 that confidence, and I think the the, the other bit of the jigsaw is that uh, there's a lot of demands um, for structured documentation um, to meet the PRSB um, headings for standards, and that can all be done um, uh, now. Um, you can, for example, have um, voice commands to insert um, a template. That's what we call auto text, but to insert a template which has structured headings that are the same language, the same format as what um, the NHS standards um, are required. So I think all of that um, allows the clinicians to have a much better experience with the documentation process rather than it being a chore that just has to be done. And, you know, things like coding, which is a byproduct of the documentation, that, that's just got to be a, a tick in the box because that would be seen 
as an extra admin chore that they just really don't want to do. Yeah. Um, uh, given the the nature of the, uh, of the of the last two years, I think it's uh, it's I think a lot of a lot of people might be thinking is I'm I'm just a burden still at the top of the list. What what have you ex- experienced talking to you know colleagues that work work within a work on the front line? Is it is it still a topic that comes up? Um, yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and it, it's um, it's it's only getting worse, Ian, um, uh, for for several reasons. One, I, I think the the real big challenge, and we've heard it in the news, haven't we, over the last day or so, um, is the is the targets the government are setting for uh, dealing with the backlog, um, and that backlog is only going to put more pressure um, on uh, clinicians. Uh, to get the throughput of patients. Um, If there's more telehealth, the processes are going to be slightly different. That could also be challenging from an admin uh, side of things, you know, lining up the patients at the right time to to, to come on. And so anything in the technology front that can help shave off um, seconds and minutes to the documentation process the workflow process um, will be will be welcome, and that's the feedback I get when I speak to clinicians out there. Um, they 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 see the next couple of years as being you know really tricky, over and above being exhausted at the moment. So technologies that are going to chip away at that, and I I use that term because you you may hear well it takes uh, you know a few minutes off a consultation process. You add that up over you know over over a clinic over a day and over a week and it really does start to add up um and you know feedback we've had from clinicians is some say they're able to get home on time you know read a story to their kids in the evening you know those sort of they're they're soft benefits aren't they but they're real benefits to the clinicians on the receiving end of uh you know the mountain they're having to climb uh, as a consequence of covid yeah exactly and i think uh, if uh if i'll our health workers are in a in a better place mentally as well. Then that then we feel the benefit when when we're treated by them. Yeah, no, I I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, you know we're all human and under the the same pressures as everyone else. Um, and uh, you know the mental health of the uh, all all the all, all the professionals, uh, whether they're healthcare professionals, admin professionals, managerial professionals, has has been taken to the nth degree and we just have to keep a, a watchful eye on that big time there's just a one f- uh, final point i'd like you to uh, to address given that you actually uh, mentioned in uh, an answer to one of the questions about administrative burden is only getting worse you know probably exacerbated by covid but how do you continually re- refine your technology as a result of you know meeting those demands yeah, so I, I think um, I think one of the key things um, is uh, to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, as an organisation, we have um, a, a customer success organisation, which basically um, uh, helps uh, hospitals, helps GP surgeries, helps clinics when they have this technology to see how they're doing, um, because uh, there's no point having the technology, talking about it, unless the clinicians are gaining benefit from it. 
And so one of the things that we try to do is to provide um, timely feedback initially on a weekly basis, once an organization has gone up with the technology, but then um, maybe a monthly after, after a period of time where um, we can work with them uh, and monitor and see how well it's being adopted. Um, there can be all sorts of reasons why technology is not being um, uh, adopted. Uh, and one of the key things is, is, is being there um, and uh, supporting that process, finding the clinical champions. Each clinical specialty needs to have their own clinical champion because there's nothing stronger than peer-to-peer -peer sort of um, encouragement. Um, but behind the scenes, um, we, we work with these organizations to try and help that um, adoptive process because from everything we've spoken about on this podcast, that's all well and good. But if it's not adopted uh, and the benefits aren't being realized, then that, that, that's a shame, isn't it? Um, so I think it behoves uh, you know, organizations who are providing technical solutions um, to be very wary and very cognizant um, of supporting organizations um, on the adoption front. Well, Simon, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I'm going to uh, allow you to have one final thought if there's anything that, that you would just like to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, well, a couple of thoughts. Just just a hearty thumbs up um, to the NHS for everything that's happened over the last couple of years. Um, uh, the uh, stepping up to the plate has been uh, something else. Um, and just to finish you know, with my experience of... Um, of speech recognition and the feedback I've had from the shop floor of clinicians using speech recognition. Um, it's certainly a game changer in um, uh, helping you get through the challenge of clinical documentation. Um, and if you're skeptical and you haven't had a go, give it a go. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, Simon, thank you very much once again. Okay, thank you. This episode of the MedTalk podcast is brought to you by Wilmington Healthcare. Wilmington Healthcare helps customers turn high-quality healthcare data into meaningful intelligence that supports their business objectives and the improvement of healthcare. Wilmington Healthcare's trusted, in-depth and compliant data, backed up by world-class delivery platforms and unrivaled UK healthcare expertise, enables NHS supplier organisations to achieve sustainable outcomes and improve competitive advantage. Visit www.wilmingtonhealthcare.com or contact them directly at info at for more information.